Thank you. Good to be here and uh, good to be able to share with you. Uh, as Tamara mentioned, we are just doing this series at the moment, Your Kingdom Come, and looking at some really key aspects of what that looks like uh, for us as, um, as we go about our, our, our work, as we go about university, um, uh, where we're placed, where we live, uh, how God wants to use us in these situations. But one of the things that we're going to look at tonight is uh, this idea of faith and walking by faith, uh, which I think is a really uh, important topic. I remember a number of years ago now, uh, maybe four or five years ago, time goes fast, but, um, but I had an opportunity to build our house, so my background's building, and uh, we got to um, build our house. And on this one particular day, I was meeting with a guy to uh, measure up for the wardrobe doors uh, that were going in. And uh, this guy uh, came out on site and um, I, I sort of met with him, chat with him for a little bit and uh, we got chatting and I, I'm not sure what it was exactly, but I just had this uh, prompting to, um, I don't know, you, you might feel like this sometimes, it's just this little prompting uh, to share about faith with him. And, uh, and so I sort of was like, okay, uh, you know, what's that going to look like? And we chatted a little bit more and um, as we talked, I remember at one point he spoke about how he had this really uh, sore back. And uh, I remember just in that moment, um, feeling like, I, f I felt like God said to me, um, pray for his back. Uh, pray for his back. Pray for healing for his back. Now, I just want to say, admittedly up front, um, I'm a dead set coward, Right? Uh, I'll, just, I'll just tell you that from the outset. So now you may be better than me. Like for you, if you heard that, you might be like, yeah, right on, let's go for it. You know what I mean? Uh, not me so much. I, I, I'm pretty, like I'm scared of that sort of stuff. Like, you know, what's gonna happen? What if it doesn't work? What, what am I gonna look like? My own pride gets in the way oftentimes. You know what that's like. Uh, that's, that's often what I think holds us back is our pride. We think, what, do I look, what am I gonna look like if, if this doesn't work? And Anyway, so I sort of had this prompting. I'm like, oh, I'm not too sure. And he had this sore back. And at that point in time of the build, the internal stairs went in. So we're using this ladder. And he goes, mate, I don't even know if I'm going to get up to this uh, second story to measure these things. Like, I can't even climb a ladder. And anyway, I must have helped him up because we got up there. And he uh, measured the wardrobes. We got back down. We just got chatting a little bit more. And um, as we chatted, I thought, okay, how do I, like, Lord, I don't even know how to go about this. You, you ever felt like that before? And I was just like, how do I bring it up? What does it look like? Okay, maybe if I just start to bring up a bit of faith stuff, then I might have the opportunity to say, look, this might be weird, but I believe in prayer. Could I pray for you and pray for your back or whatever? And anyway, so um, as the conversation went on, uh, he, he brought up something around, so what do you do for a job? Like, what do you do for a living? I thought, we're on, you know, we're dead set on now. So I said, well, actually, um, I'm like a pastor of a church. He said, oh, really? And so this faith conversation got started and we got chatting. Uh, it turns out he was a Muslim guy and then um, he was into me and talking about Islamic faith and he's probably thinking, oh, you know, like I'll be able to share with him about this. And, and uh, so we were chatting for a little bit, but he, he just, again, he just spoke about this pain in his back and we sort of finished up the conversation. It was, it was a good chat, but we finished up the conversation and again, I just felt that, uh, that nudge to pray for healing for his back. Now, I wish... I wish I could stand here and say, I have got a remarkable story for you tonight, like amazing, but I don't. And the reason is because I didn't pray. I didn't pray for his back. I chickened out, so to speak. You know what I mean? Like I just, I don't know. I just, maybe I just didn't have enough faith. Maybe I just was, uh, I was just scared. I didn't, I, just all sorts of emotions were going on. And, and I can't tell you what would have happened. I, I think God may have done a miraculous work in that moment, but I, can't, I don't know. I, I will never know to this uh, very point. And so, and you know what that's like. I mean, I know you'd be much better than me, but I still think all of us understand what it's like sometimes to get in a position where we're like, I'm not too sure if I can do this. Like, like we're, we're, we're uh, you know, we're, we're not so courageous in that moment. And so this, this is vital, this is important for our lives. What does it look like to have bold faith though? To really know, okay, to know who God is, to know what he's promised to do, to, to step into that and to be bold around that. It's important. So we're going to look at this a little bit further. What does it mean to have bold faith? The first thing I want to do is I want to um, speak about, though, and I think this is important to understand, what is, what is faith? Like, what does it look for, uh, like for our lives? How does that come about? How do we, how do we strengthen our faith? 
I think is, is another important question. And so to understand that, firstly, we need to look at what faith isn't. Uh, throughout uh, your journey or maybe a Christian walk or maybe you're here tonight and you, uh, you know, used to come to church many years ago and you're checking it out again or maybe you've been burnt by church along the way or maybe you've heard people say something along this uh, along the way. But I've often heard people talk about, I just had to walk away from church because something happened or we we're praying about a situation and someone just said, oh, well, you just didn't have enough faith and that's why it didn't happen. And that can be absolutely devastating and heartbreaking for people. And what it does is it often, uh, it, it kind of creates this sense of like faith is almost about this, uh, this power source that we just muster up. If I can just have enough faith, if I can just believe and believe, believe, I just gotta believe more and more and more, then I'll have more faith as if it's like this power force. It kind of reminds me of like Star Trek or Star Wars or something like this, this, this force that we tap into. And that's not what faith is. It's not if I just believe enough, then I'll have all this power behind me and I'll be able to see God do this mighty miracle. That's, that's not what faith is. So what faith is, is this. Faith is knowing who God is and what He has promised to do. Knowing who God is and what He has promised to do. That's what faith is. Now, what I mean by that is this is that faith is understanding who God is. And what I mean is how big He is, how powerful He is, who, who He is, the character of who He is. That as we begin to grow, as we learn about who He is, your faith grows also. So it's like, this is, why, this is why reading the Bible and praying regularly is so important for your Christian walk. Because as you read His Word, what do you do? You learn about the character of God. You learn about who He is. And what happens is your faith is stirred. Your faith grows with that because you begin to understand who He is. So faith is understanding who He is and secondly, what He has promised to do. Again, this is why it's so important to know His Word. There, I looked at this today, just like how many promises are there in God's Word? Man, the answers are fascinating. There's just like some say 8,000, some say 9, some say, you know, a few thousand. I'll just go with a 3,000 plus, all right? Uh, there's at least 3,000 plus promises in His Word. And so faith is knowing what God has promised to do and you can walk in that. When someone promises or someone says to you, let, let's just say you're gonna meet somebody for lunch, but they don't tell you the date or the time or, or you're just thinking, I think they said next week and so I'll go to this place and hopefully they'll be there. Hopefully they'll turn up. You're literally just, you're putting your hope in that they'll, they'll be there. But when someone says, I will meet you at this venue, at this time, on this date, you can have absolute faith. Well, pretty good faith, pretty good faith that they will be there at that moment. And when God says something through His Word, when God gives a promise to you through His Word or sometimes by His Spirit, you can have, you can have absolute faith. I believe, I, I, I trust that God is gonna do this. Why? Because He said He will because He said He will. And that's how our faith grows. It's knowing who He is and what He has promised to do. So you wanna, you wanna, you wanna get a stronger faith? Know His Word, learn about Him. Uh, be obedient, do what He says to do and your faith will begin to grow. It's, it's, you know what it's like? It's like when, say before prayer meetings, often we share stories all the time, even before meetings, not just prayer meetings, before meetings in the church, before prayer meetings, before um, prayer and healing services, we share stories, why? Because the stories stir your faith, they build faith. Because we hear the stories and we go, wow, how good is God? How powerful is God? How extraordinary is God? And your faith is stirred. And so as you begin to learn about who He is, to learn about His character, to know His promises through His Word, then you will be able to stand on strong faith. That's what faith is. And that's important for us to understand so we do not get that wrong. You know, the Bible talks about as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, my thoughts and your thoughts, God says. Jeremiah 32, 17, um, the sovereign Lord, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you, His Word says. And as you begin to read these things, you understand how big our God is. I was blown away. You know, there's a couple of occasions where Jesus talks about how he was amazed by people. And I think that would be incredible. Imagine Jesus talking about your life and saying he was amazed. From what I can gather, he only talks about it twice. It's written about in the Bible where he is blown away and amazed. In one occasion, which is, is far more negative and quite disappointing, really, he'd been doing some miracles. He goes back to his hometown and it says that he could only do a few miracles there. 
Now why? Because he said he was amazed at the lack of faith. Not the faith of the people, but the lack of faith. And you know why they had such a lack of faith is because familiarity had set in. And they looked at Jesus and they said, hang on, he was born here in this town. Hang on a second, we saw this. We, we saw him as a kid. He used to run around here and, and, uh, and familiarity began to set in. And all of a sudden they began to neglect and not realise who he truly was, truly the Son of God, what he was able to do. And Jesus turned and said he, he was able to do very little amount of miracles there. Why? Because of the lack of faith. He was amazed at the lack of faith. That's disappointing. But then there's another occasion when a centurion, you may be familiar with the story, a centurion comes and Jesus is blown away by this man's faith and basically says, my son is sick at home. Jesus, I know who you are. You see, that's the key. Understanding who God is, how big and powerful and mighty He is. He says, I know who you are and I know what you're capable of, do, uh, what you're capable of doing. Jesus, you can heal my son. And he says, and Jesus is, is, what they're gonna do is go to the centurion's house. And the centurion basically says to Jesus in extraordinary faith, he says, hey, I'm a commander like you. Like I have authority, based, sorry. I have authority like you, Jesus. See, I have people that work underneath me, the centurion says, and when I just say a command, I know it'll be done. They will do it. And he says, in the same way, Jesus, I know who you are. And if you just say the words, I know my son will be healed. And Jesus turns and he says, he was amazed by this man's faith. Why was he amazed? Because of his belief in not, I hope this will happen or something will take place, his belief in Christ. His belief in him, his understanding of who he was and what he is capable of doing. Jesus was amazed and said, go, it has been done for you. Extraordinary faith. Faith is who God is and what he has promised to do. Who God is and what he has promised to do. And so we pick up on this story in Numbers in a similar way. There's two men that have extraordinary faith, that belief in what God is able to do and what He has promised to do also. In Numbers 13, uh, it says, The Lord said to Moses in the Old Testament, The Lord said to Moses, Send some men to explore the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the Israelites. From each ancestral tribe, send one of its leaders. So at the Lord's command, Moses sent them out from the desert of Paran. All of them were leaders of the Israelites. When Moses sent them to explore Canaan, he said, go up through the Negev and on into the hill country. See what the land is like and whether the people who live there are strong or weak, few or many. What kind of land do they live in? Is it good or bad? What kind of towns do they live in? Are they unwalled or fortified? How is the soil? Is it fertile or poor? Are there trees in it or not? Do your best to bring back some of the fruit of the land. It was the season for the first ripe grapes. They came back to Moses and Aaron, the whole Israelite community at Kadesh in the desert of Paran. There they reported to them and to the whole assembly and showed them the fruit of the land. They gave Moses this account. We went into the land to which you sent us and it does flow with milk and honey. Here is its fruit. But the people who live there are powerful and the cities are fortified. See what they're doing in this situation. Rather than focusing on what God has promised them, that He will give them this land, they begin to focus on the circumstances and the situations in front of them. As we do that in our life, all of a sudden your faith will dramatically uh, shrink in size. We do it all the time. We get caught up in what's in front of us. We focus on our circumstances rather than the one who controls the circumstances. And this is what happens here. But the people who live there are powerful and the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites live in the Negev and the Hittites, Jubasites and Amorites live in the hill country and the Canaanites live near the sea and along the Jordan. Then Caleb, I love this, a man of faith. Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, we should go up and take possession of the land for we certainly, uh, we can certainly do it, he says. I love this by Caleb. Do you notice where his faith is? It's not on the circumstances. It's not on their army. It's not on how many people they have. It's not on can we take these people. His eyes, his focus is on God. His focus is on, hey, He's promised us this land. We can take it. Yes, there's giants in this land. Yes, it seems like it's overwhelming. Yes, it seems like there's no way we could take it. But I know who my God is, Caleb's saying. I know who He is. I know what He's able to do. And I'm gonna trust in Him. I'm gonna put my faith in Him. 
And the same way you guys are facing circumstances, you're facing situations that seem overwhelming, seem too big, seem like there's no way you could push through this, but God is bigger. God is bigger than the circumstances. And as we put our faith in Him, He can overcome. He can enable us and empower us to take the steps forward that we need to take. And you know what? God is honoured. God is so honoured by our faith. There are times when, like I shared earlier, that I've chickened out and thought, oh, I don't know. And, but I tell you what, God is so honoured when we say, okay, I don't know and I'm nervous and I'm scared about this and it doesn't seem to make sense and what this looks like, but I'm just gonna step out anyway. You know what that's like. I'm gonna step out anyway. And God is so moved by that. You know, later, I may bring it up later or whatever, it talks about, um, it talks about, uh, we cannot please, uh, without faith, we cannot please God. Without faith, we cannot please God. There's this power in, as we walk by faith, He's honoured and pleased and moved by our faith. I remember um, a little while ago, um, oh, we've got three kids now, but our eldest daughter, and this was a few years ago now, and um, she was just playing with another, uh, I think some friends had come over. They had a little daughter as well, and they were just playing in the playroom. And I was just in the kitchen at the time and I heard them playing and they grabbed some toy that they couldn't work or they were trying to fix. And one of the girls said, oh no, I'll fix it and try to get it and try to fix it and couldn't do it. And then Grayson says, no, I'll fix it. And they both are just back and forth, back and forth trying to fix this toy. And then I overheard um, my daughter say, oh, you know what? Like my dad can do this. Like he'll do this easy. Like my dad will do it. And she was just talking about, oh, my dad will do it. My dad will do it. Now I'm standing in the kitchen. I kind of overheard it. And to be honest, I felt a little bit, you know, kind of puffed up, you know, I was a bit proud like. I was a bit proud, a bit honoured. Oh, like she knew her dad could do it. And you know, in the same way, when we come and we walk in faith before God, this is the attitude. It's just this childlike simplicity that honestly God is honoured by. He's moved by. That we come to Him with this faith of, you know what? These circumstances look far too overwhelming. I can't do this, but my Father, my Heavenly Father can do it. I know He can. And we can come before him and say, God, I need you to come through. I just, I need you in this moment. And he is moved and he is honoured by that. Caleb, he sees the circumstance. He says, we can take this land. We can take this land because of the promises of God. But listen to the other people. The fear will bring you down. Fear kills faith. It really does. Fear kills it. But then um, in verse 31, but the men who had gone up with him said, we can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. They said, the land we explored devours those living in it. Man, who would have thought? Like it literally, people are walking along and it's just boom, gone, devours them devours uh, those living in all the people we saw there are a great size. We saw the Nephilim there, the descendants of Anak come from Nephilim. We seem like grasshoppers in our eyes and we look the same to them. And so that night, all the members of the community raised their voices and wept aloud. All the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron. Talk about a leadership difficulty. I mean, these guys have got some tough leadership. They grumbled against Moses and Aaron and the whole assembly said to them, if only we had died in Egypt. They thought it'd be better to die in Egypt than attempt this. Or in the wilderness, why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to let us fall by the sword? Our wives and children will be taken as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said to each other, we should choose a leader and go back to Egypt. Then Moses and Aaron fell face down in front of the whole Israelite assembly gathered there. Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of Jephna, who were among those who had explored the land, tore their clothes and said to the entire Israelite assembly, the land we pass through and explored is exceedingly good. If the Lord is pleased with us, He will lead us into that land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and He will give it to us. And they say this, which is so important, only do not rebel against the Lord. Don't rebel against the Lord and do not be afraid of the people of the land because we will devour them. Their protection is gone, but key line, listen to what Caleb says, but the Lord is with us. Do you know what the Bible says? God says, I will, if you are in Christ, God says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He is with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Caleb sees the circumstances, but he also knows who is with him. It's God. The one that his word says nothing 
Anything's possible for God. There is nothing that is impossible for God. And Caleb knows that the Lord is with him. And he says, don't be afraid of them. Don't be afraid of them. And just in case you thought that I thought this was simple, you know what I mean? Like to walk in faith is simple. I realise this is tough. This is really hard. Look at the next verse. But the whole assembly talked about stoning them. Talk about, man, you, you've thought you come up against some tough leadership sometimes. You're trying to lead a people and it's tough. Look what they're trying to do to these guys. I mean, this is full on. This is tough. And it and reminded me that sometimes to walk in faith is not always easy though. It really isn't. Sometimes you'll come up against some really tough stuff that you, you, you've got to trust God with and you've got to step out and it's not always gonna be easy. And so the question is this, is what is it for you? What is it that thing that God's been prompting you, laying on your heart to step into and just, to, you know what it is, maybe it's to, um, to step into a, a ministry call, but you're sort of, oh, I'm not sure if I could do that and it feels overwhelming, and, you know, whatever it might be there. Maybe if God's prompted you at times to, to be a blessing to somebody else, to be generous with finances and to give something away to other people, he's prompted you, you just think there's no way I could do that, like it just seems too overwhelming and... Maybe it's uh, God's called you to be honest around a situation or talk to somebody or send a, uh, a text message uh, to somebody. Uh, it could be a number of different things. You know what it is, really, between you and God. But what is that thing? And you know, it's, it's, not, often in the, it's not often in the big things. It's in the little things. I, I, find, I find it's in the little things because, you know, God talks about in His Word. He says, those that are faithful in the small things, I'll be given charge over greater things. Those that are faithful, faith-filled in those small steps of obedience. And he says, okay, I can trust you with this thing, trust you with this thing. And he wants to grow us and build us. He wants to stretch our lives. He, he wants us to bring us to a place where we trust him more and are more faith-filled and we grow in that. So what is it for you? I recognise it's not easy. It's not easy. Just talking to somebody last week that they, as a family, they felt prompted by God. They'd prayed a lot. They felt God to, to move whole city uh, and this was a few years ago now. And as a family, they moved the whole city. The kids had to obviously move city and then change schools. And it was a really big thing for them. And part of it as well was part of the job uh, situation. And as I was just talking to him last week over dinner, he was just sharing a little bit about that situation. He said, oh man, I went through such a tough season there. We got down there, I was working for this company and I was on this contract and everything seemed to be going really well. I got a phone call one day from one of the guys that I'd worked with many years for. I knew him really well. Everything seemed to be great. And he said, hey, I just want to let you know we're not um, renewing your contract or whatever. Like you don't really have a job with us anymore. And he's thinking, okay, uh, okay, just totally left, you know, left field. Like it was just totally out of the blue. And he's thinking, okay, I'll have a couple of weeks to kind of wrap things up. And he said, um, the guy called back or something like that. And he said, actually, I think we're gonna wrap it up today. Like as of today, that's it. Um, that's it, it's all over. And I mean, they'd moved their whole family. They'd moved their city, like whole cities and this was it. And, and he goes, look, you better just come in, grab your stuff and, and that'll be it. He said it got worse as he drove back to the office to grab his things. Someone was out the front there with it, box of his stuff in a box saying, here you go. Didn't even go up into the office, jumped in his car and he's just driving home going, God, what are you doing in the midst of this? I mean, we moved our entire family, we moved to a whole another city. Look, this is God, you know, he spoke to this guy who he'd known so well and worked with and he said, okay, look, I don't have any connections here in the city. I don't know what to do. I'm gonna to have to apply for another job. Would you give me like a reference? And the guy's like, look, I, I don't know if I can even do that. He goes back home and he's just like, oh, what are you, like, where does this fit? You know what I mean? Like, it's not, not always easy. Like, and, and so he's just thinking, okay, I'm going to have to apply for more jobs. He goes home, he just sits on the, the lounge, he just decides, I'm going to put some worship music on and just seek God in the midst of this. I mean, this is huge for them. He starts seeking God and he said, I found myself on the floor just crying and weeping out to God saying, God, where, where are you in the midst of this? And he starts talking about, I've got no connections, I've got no network here. I can't, where am I going to apply for a job? I can't even get a reference of someone that I'd worked with, with you know, for all these years. And in this moment of weeping before God on the floor, he said, I was on the ground. This moment came, it was like this voice just spoke to him and God just said, are you gonna put your faith in a reference or put your faith in me? You're gonna put your faith in me. And it reminded me of this very thing. This is where our faith sits. It's, it, our faith is in who God is. And he said, in that moment, I just said, okay, God, my faith is not gonna be in some reference or who I know or whatever. I'm gonna put my faith and trust in you. He said, as soon as he said, uh, said that, the phone literally rang. 
He picked up the phone. It was somebody that he, he loosely knew from that area. And they said, hey, this is really random. We know that you're working full time. You're on a great contract where you are, but we've got this job opportunity to come up. And we think you'd be great for the job. I just thought I'd throw it out there. He said, I lost my job today. And they said, we would love you in this position. Would you be open to coming in? He said, yes. And, and, and he's in that, that role. It's just remarkable. You're gonna put your faith, but this is where we're gonna put our faith in God. Like he is able, he is able. And as we step into situations where He calls us to and we step walking by faith, our faith grows, our faith is stirred and we begin to think, no, my God is able. He can do this. He can do this. So what is it for you? Remember many years ago, a young guy in this uh, church just felt prompted. He was dating this particular girl and he just felt prompted to, God had put on his heart. They were moving towards engagement and marriage and God had put on his heart. You need to be really honest about your past with her. And he said, he said, I remember laying on my bed one night going, God, there's no, I, I just can't do this. He had this, all this past and God had changed and transformed his life, but he had all this past and he'd never spoken to her about it. But God said, I want you to be honest. I want you to be uh, upfront about it. And he just thought, there's no way. I, don't, I can't do this. this. This will be over. This relationship will be over when she finds out about my past and all these sorts of things. And so he had a decision to make. Am I going to walk by faith or just, just go my own way? And he wrestled in his heart and he resolved, I'm going to walk by faith. He was honest with her, opened up about everything. And uh, she, they talked through it and they worked through it. And he, you know, he looks back and they got engaged, they got married. And he looks back so grateful. He walked by faith in that moment. There was, there was nothing left in the closet before they made a commitment to one another. But he knew he had to walk by faith in that moment. Maybe it's something you need to be honest with someone about. Some situation. Maybe it's, uh, you know, God prompts you to pray for somebody. Stepping out and going, okay, I'm going to do it. I remember on another occasion, um, well, this was quite a number of years ago now, but I remember we were just leaving for a young adult's uh, retreat and it was a Friday afternoon. It was back still when I was living back at my parents' house and, and uh, my grandma happened to be over on this particular occasion. And I just, I remember sitting in the lounge room there and just talking to my grandma before I was leaving to head up the uh, sunny coast for young ads retreat and everything was packed and everything. And my grandma was just sharing. She was becoming more frail and more unwell. And she was just sharing about some of the difficulties that she was facing and all this sort of stuff. And I remember just talking and sharing with her for a little bit. And uh, then my mum came over and sat down and we chatted. And I said, oh, after a little while, I said, oh, we should, um, oh, look, I'm going to head out now. And I ran up the sort of stairs and I, I left and said goodbye and everything. And I, and I left. And as I closed the front door, I remember I just had this little prompting. I just had this little prompt in my heart. It was like God said to me, you should go in and pray for her. And, you know, my, my grandma wasn't Christian at the time or anything like that. And, and, you know, I was just, I don't know. Again, I mean, I shared at the start, you know, I just, I, I struggle with that sort of stuff. You know, I feel like a coward sometimes. And I just thought, I don't know, what's that gonna look like? And mum was there and, I, you know, it was just, just uh, all these circumstances. And I thought, oh, I'm not too sure. And, and, you know, as I'm walking out, I'm thinking, oh, Maybe this isn't God anyway. You know what I mean? Like maybe it's not God, maybe it's just me. And then I felt this other thing, like she's 88 years old, you know, and she's frail. Like, why wouldn't I want you to pray for her? And I was like, yes, okay, true Lord. Yeah, I think that's from you. And, and, and I just thought, oh, how do I go about it? And I know to you, it's probably just like, just walk in and pray for her. Like it's not a big deal, but, but you know, I don't know. It was just, I just struggled with it. I just struggled with it a little bit. But you know, it's a funny thing, like as I feel prompted, I'm, I'm growing in this area, I'm learning more and more. But I have found that just taking a step forward in the right direction is so critical. It's often the first step that's the hardest. And I've learned now when God prompts me to do something, I just think, oh man, this thing's overwhelming or too big or what am I gonna look like? Like I've wrestled with those, I wrestle with those things all the time. But I think, okay, I'll just take the first step. So what I'll do, and, and like, like for that example, for instance, I just thought, okay, I'll just go back inside. That's the start, do you know what I mean? And it is so amazing when you take the first step of obedience in that moment, how the rest just flows and God just empowers and it just takes place. And so God says, go back in and pray for your grandma. And I thought, oh, I don't know. And I thought, okay, I'll just I'll at least go back inside. So I open the door and I start walking back inside and I start walking down the stairs. And then it's just like, God just empowers. He just does the rest. I walk back downstairs. My mom said, oh, did you forget something? I said, yes, I did actually. I said, I'm gonna pray for you, Grandma. And my mum's like, oh, wow, that's lovely, David. You know, that'd be really nice. <laughs> and, um, 
And I sat back, I sat back down, sat beside my grandma, and I just said, oh, I'm just going to pray, grandma, for you. And, and I just prayed a simple prayer, you know, and just prayed for God to bless her and to help her and empower her, that he might reveal himself to her. And, but it was a powerful moment, because when I finished, I just said, Amen. Tears were in her eyes, or tears streaming down her face. And my mum was, you know, pretty impacted as well. It was, it was a powerful moment, like God just meeting, meeting there in that moment. And and you know, nothing dramatic happened in that moment. But I tell you what, it was a seed planted. My my grandma ended up going uh, going into a nursing home, and I would go and visit my grandma and. It just was a seed planted in her heart and over time began to share a little bit more around faith stuff. I would go and sometimes read the Bible to her. And I've shared this story before, but I remember one day going and she just said, um, David, going, and I'd been praying a lot for her and stuff like that. And she said, David, I just wanna let you know, a chaplain's been coming in here and visiting me. And she said, I've decided to trust my life with Jesus. And I was floored, like blown away. You know, just the, the, the links in the chain along the way, absolutely blown away. And my grandma passed away a few years ago now. Do you know what a privilege it was to be able to take that funeral? To stand up there, and you know what I shared that day? I shared about the day that she told me she put her trust and her faith in Christ. To stand up there at that funeral and to know with absolute certainty, to know with absolute faith that I know where she is today. That's faith. Knowing who God is and standing on the promises of what He said He will do. Faith. What is God calling you today? It could be a number of different things. He may be calling you to step out and to pray for someone. It may be a number of different things. But would we be willing? Would we be willing to say, all right, God, I know it seems difficult. I know it seems overwhelming. Like Caleb and Joshua, rather than look at the circumstances, to look to our God and say, no, my God is with me. He's with us. He's able. He's able. And what would it look like for a body of His believers to come together and to start walking in extraordinary faith or even just in small faith. Jesus said this, remember, He said, even if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain to move and go, and, uh, go into, the, into the sea. He's calling us to say, walk by faith, even as small as a mustard seed, and He will do mighty things in us and through us. Mighty things. And Caleb and Joshua have that same spirit In the same way they go on, listen to this, because they didn't go into the promised land, then they had to walk in wilderness for 40 years and they missed out. How tragic, how tragic. They missed out on the promise of God because they decided not to walk in faith and they got too caught up on the circumstance and the situations that were taking place in that moment. Too big, too overwhelming, they said no. And they missed out. And for 40 years they walked uh, in wilderness until finally in Joshua 14, it says this, now then, after 40 years, just as the Lord promised, He has kept me alive. This is Caleb speaking. He has kept me alive for 45 years since the time He said this to Moses, while Israel moved about in the wilderness. So here I am today. Now, 45 years later, Caleb is ready to go again. He's still got a strong faith. He's still standing on the promise of God. So here I am today, he declares, 85 years old. I am still as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. I'm just as vigorous to go out to battle now as I was then. Now give me this hill country that the Lord promised to me that day. You yourself heard then that the Anakites were there and their cities were large and fortified, but the Lord is helping me. I will drive them out just as he said. Imagine walking by that. Yes, we look at our circumstances and situations in our life, but imagine to walk about and to truly know our identity in Christ, to truly know who we are in Him, to walk about knowing that God is with me and no matter what He calls me to, that I can have faith that He will come through for me. What would that look like? What would that look like? And God is calling you out tonight, even if you're sitting here now or you're listening online, And you're just saying, I just feel like my faith is so small, so small. To even walk and step forward in the smallest amount of faith, He is honoured and He is moved and He is calling you to respond tonight to Him, to say, hey, despite how small my faith is, I'm gonna respond to you, God. I'm gonna come before you, God. Yes, my faith may be small, but grow and build in me a stronger Faith. I just want to share this last thing with you because, oh no, I want to share two things very quickly, okay? Two very quick things. Um, 
there's a girl in our connect group and she shared this story recently. This is, this is unbelievable. She shared this just uh, two weeks ago in connect group. And she shared about how she, I, I don't know the, the full circumstances, how it came about, but she bumped into somebody that she used to work with. <clears throat> and she hadn't worked um, at that particular area for a little while. She saw that person again, bumped into them and they got chatting a little bit. And she said, you know, this girl in our connect group said, I haven't seen you for ages, how's it all going? And she said, oh, great. And uh, she recalls that they were struggling uh, trying to have children, uh, her and her husband. They were struggling to have children. And she said, you know, it's incredible. And we've, we've, about eight months ago or something, we've had our second child, which is amazing and so grateful. But she said, I am so angry as well. And uh, this girl in her connect group is like, what do you mean? Like, like, what do you mean? And she asked a little bit more. And she said, well, we recently found out that my husband's got stage four cancer. And the prognosis is not good. And she said, I'm so angry. Like we've been, you know, look, I don't think they're Christian or anything like that. She said, you know, we've been given these children and, and, and now it's just like, this is just awful, it's so awful. And um, our friend was obviously moved by this and chatted and shared a little bit more, but so moved. And then they, you know, departed ways or whatever. But over the next like week or so, she was really moved by this situation and she felt compelled to pray. She really felt compelled to pray and uh she was wrestling with whether she should send them something because I don't think they're Christian or anything like that. And she felt compelled whether she should send them something uh, that she's been praying for them and she was wrestling with that. Here's the thing, for you it may be sending a simple text message. So she wrestled with that for a little bit and she decided, you know what, I'm just gonna send it off. Like what's the harm in just saying I'm praying for you, I'm gonna send this off. And so she sent uh, this text. And as I was talking to her today about it, just to check if it'd be okay to share this story, she, she said, yep, yeah, look, no worries. And she just sent through uh, this, this text. Now, to give you some better context, actually, um, they had many rounds of chemo. So they'd been doing a lot of chemo. And the oncologist had proposed more treatment, but they rejected it and asked that they're, just, they're not gonna do it anymore. So, so you, can, you can see the context. It's looking pretty grim, this situation. So um, this girl in our connect group just thought, no, I'm gonna text them. She'd been praying, I'm gonna text them. And she wrote this, she said, I'm no medical professional, but I'm 100% on your squad too and have been praying for you. She said, I don't know what you believe, but I'm a Christian and believe in the most beautiful, compassionate God who listens and intimately cares for us. And he heals too. I'm hopeful for the most miraculous and beautiful turnaround for you. Uh, they texted back and they said, look, I know there's a long road ahead and it will never be over. Like it's just, it was just so full on. And then she said this, she texted again. She said, so I told her that healing is absolutely possible. Now that's a step of faith. It really was. And she wrestled with that. You know, do I send this or not? But she, you know what it is? It makes me emotional because she just, she knew who her God was. Like she understood that God is able to do this. And she just thought, I'm just gonna say it, I'm gonna declare it, that takes faith. It takes faith, but she knew who he was and she's standing on the promises of God. And so she went to prayer, she continued to keep praying and she said on one particular night, she could not sleep. And she's praying for this couple, praying for them as a family, really. And she couldn't sleep and she said, I had such a restless night. I kept waking up and they kept coming to my mind and she thought, you know what, God's obviously waking me up for reasons. So she continued to intercede for them. Now, I don't know exactly the, the, the timeline, but maybe there's the next day or something like that. This friend had just texted, uh, texted her back and she said, I can't, this, she said, I can't believe the text and everything you sent to us because she said, today we went back for more scans, obviously expecting pretty worst case scenario. And she said this, she said, they did a scan to look at the results of this cancer and found no cancer in my husband's body, like nothing, like none. Now, I, I shared this story with the pastoral team on Tuesday. I said, this story is unbelievable. And I said, the doctors were so blown away. Like, it's just, it's not possible. Like, it just simply was not possible to have not even an ounce of cancer in his body. And I said, they, they tested again because they said, no, there's no way, this is impossible. We've obviously done something wrong here. And so they tested again, it came back, no. I actually got it wrong. Do you know how many times they tested? They tested 12 times, 12 times because they said it's not, it's not possible. It's not possible. There is no cancer in his body. Yeah, praise God. 
That's faith. That's faith. And she wrestled with that. You know, do I send this or not? Or, you know, and for you, it may be a simple text. It may be a simple text. Now, I know and I understand that for some of you, for some of you just feel like, I don't know, my faith feels small. My faith feels small. Someone came to Jesus uh, again with an, um, <clears throat> I think his son was demon possessed and came to Jesus and Jesus you know, would you be willing to, to do this for my son? And Jesus basically says, you know, um, he says, do, do you believe? Like, do you believe I can do this? Do you believe? And he says, yes, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. Help me overcome my unbelief. And tonight's an opportunity to respond to God. And even if you've got small faith, you could just come down and say, God, I want big faith. I wanna trust you with my life. I really wanna come before you, God, and just say, I know who you are. I know what you've promised to do. I wanna come before you. I wanna share one last thing. If you've been following the Asbury Revival, I don't know how I caught on to this, but it was very early on in the stage, Asbury, Asbury University in the States. The Asbury Revival and what took place was absolutely remarkable. You know, they started, they had a chapel service like any normal chapel service. And after this chapel service, uh, 15 students responded and they came down and responded after this service. And they prayed for one another and the, the, the band felt compelled to do another song and then another song and then another song. And all of a sudden, other students started to hear about it and started to, to come. And before long, an hour later, a couple of hours later, there were 50 students there from 15 to 50. And then it just started to really grow and grow. And I think it was something like that night, there was about 500 people then. So just the worship leader talks about how we worship led for 10 hours straight. I mean, it just didn't stop. It didn't stop and it's continued to keep going and going and going. This was you know, a couple of weeks or a few weeks ago. But I was moved by this one um, uh, interview that I, I was struck by. And as it grew to about 500 that night, in the early hours of the morning, if I've got this correct, in the early hours of the morning, it began to dwindle away again. I was so moved by this. It began to dwindle away again in the early hours of the morning. And then this person said, after it got to around 500 people that started to come, it dwindled back down to 19 young people, 19 students. You know, in that moment, you just think, oh, okay, like it's, this is over. You know, the service is over. Let's just go. But this, this, this student said, but those 19 young adults resolved in their heart, we're not going. We are gonna keep seeking after God, keep pressing into God, keep pressing into God, keep pushing in. We believe, we understand, it was just a faith thing. We know who our God is. We know what He's promised to do. He wants to come in power. He wants to reach people. And that 19 young people resolved in their heart, we are gonna go after God and we're gonna keep knocking. We're gonna keep knocking and knocking. And then the revival kicked off again and it exploded. And they believed that Asbury had something like 70 to 100,000 people from all around the world in that last two weeks come to that university to experience the power of God. And you know what I think? I praise God for those 19 those 19 young people said, we're not leaving. We're not leaving. It reminded me of Jacob who said, I will not go until you bless me, God. He held on to God and he said, I'm not leaving until you bless me. And tonight you come and you may think my faith is small. You are in a good place, a good place. I wanna encourage you tonight to come before God and say, God, I want you to build my faith. I want you to strengthen me. I wanna come after you, God, and see you do something in my heart, in the hearts and the lives of those around me. And so would you be willing to come to God and say, I need you and I want more of you in my life. In just a moment, we're gonna sing a song and it talks about the power of this God who worked in and through the lives of those that we read about in the Bible, but He's the same God. And you're gonna have an opportunity to get up in your seat and to come forward and to stand or to kneel at the front here and say, God, we're coming, we're, we're coming after you, God. We want you in our lives. We want you in this church. We want you in this city. We want you in this nation because how desperate do we need Him? How desperate do we need our God? And wouldn't it be amazing to be able to share more and more miracles like I've just shared tonight because of the power of God. And you know how that happens? It happens when people just walk in just even the smallest amount of faith. They just step out and say, I'll text, I'll, I'll see that person, I'll, I'll do whatever I need to do. But I just pray, I just pray that you might be willing to say, God, do that in me. Grow my faith, grow my faith. Let's stand up together. Let's stand and pray. Father, I know You are speaking to us. I know You are, great God. And my faith has been stirred as I've witnessed and seen what You are doing overseas and how You're stirring and just a taste of Your glory transforms our lives. And I'm so moved again because I, I, I just, we just, 
We just desire you. We want you. We want you, oh God. And tonight, we just, we just want to respond. We just want to respond to you and just ask God, would you meet us where we are? Our faith is so small, but I'm so grateful for your word because it says, even if it's as small as a mustard seed, that is mighty and powerful. And so God, we just come humbly before you tonight. And we just say, God, would you pour out your glory? Would you pour out your presence? Would you strengthen us? Would we be a people of great faith? Great faith. As we begin to understand who you are, how big and how mighty you are and what you are able to do. And I look around this room tonight and I see a whole body of people and what you could do in this people, great God. The lives that can be impacted and changed in our workplaces, in our universities, in our streets and neighbourhoods, wherever you have us placed, Lord, what you could do with the people that are walking faith towards you, great God, is extraordinary and mighty. And we're beginning to see it. And we just pray, Lord, shake our hearts up, revive our hearts afresh. I know we've used this word, we pray for awakenings and revival, but this is what we desire. We long for you, oh God. And so we just, can't, we just pray now, please awaken and shake us up, great God, for your kingdom purposes. As we sing now, just, just meet us, meet us. As we respond now and come forward, meet us where we are. As we sing and as we worship you, we commit these things to you now, your precious name. As we sing this song, you feel free to come forward, to respond to Him. You can come forward and stand or you can come forward and kneel. But I just wanna encourage you that you might respond to Him tonight in whatever way that looks like and say, God, do a work in my heart.
your children you hear your children you are the same he's the same he's the same you answered prayers back then and you you will answer now you are the same We desire you, Lord. That's our, That's the cry of our heart. We desire you, God. Revival, a saturation of your presence, oh God. Meeting your people, your glory poured out and changing our hearts. We, there's no way we can experience your glory and not be changed from the inside out, great God. We've prayed for this for many years and we continue to pray and seek you, Lord, that you might pour out your glory, that you might show us your glory, oh God. Come, Holy Spirit. And I just sense an opportunity just to continue for you to minister to our hearts, Lord Jesus, to minister to us. Just wanna say, if you're here tonight, you're totally free to, if you wanna head out, you're totally free to head out, but we're just gonna do one more song actually. And uh, just, just a song where it just talks about revival, just praying, uh, singing and praying for revival. And uh, like I said, you're welcome to leave, but um, I just wanna encourage you, if you wanna stay, I encourage you that as we sing these words, may it be a prayer from your heart, a prayer from your heart as we ask and invite God that He might bring revival to this, this suburb, to this city, to this nation. We're just gonna do one more song.
revival. That he'd revive our hearts. He'd revive his church, not just this church, but every church, the church. That he'd revive this community, this city. through this city. Intercede right now. God, we just thank you for moments like this just to cry and call upon you. That's the cry of our heart, Lord, that you might revive and awaken us, Father God. People walking by faith, walking by faith. And I am so excited to see what you wanna do as we go about what you've called us to do. All sorts of different things you've called us to do, great God. But as we walk by faith, what You're wanting to do in and through our workplaces and universities, wherever we are, great God, I just thank You, Lord. I thank You. You wanna use us. I thank You that You choose us despite how ordinary and broken and the amount of times we've fallen short, great God. We just thank You for Your grace and Your mercy in our lives, oh oh God. You still long to use us. And we are so privileged and honoured for that, Lord. So grateful. We honour you tonight. Continue to keep moving and stirring in our hearts, Lord, as we go about whatever you called us to do. Keep stirring in our hearts, we pray. Commit these things to you in your precious name. Amen. Amen. I just feel that um, if you want to hang around and and pray, pray for one another, get prayed for, just feel free to do that. Ben might even just play music in the background, but um, you feel free to do that. Awesome to have you here tonight. God bless you. You feel free to grab food or whatever. But um, yeah, Don't, if, if, if you feel free to just hang around, you, you um, yeah, you do that. And we'd love to pray for you. <laughs> 